Thank you for tuning into Art to Heart, where we delve into the creative minds of the artists in the Fort Wayne area. I'm your host, Mandy Kolkman. This podcast sheds light on the thoughts, feelings, and backgrounds of the artisans that bring pizzazz to Fort Wayne. Discover tips on being your most creative self and hear about upcoming events in the arts community. Joining me today is professional dancer Tracy Tritz. Tracy is the principal dancer and assistant rehearsal director of the modern dance company Mikataudza Dance Theater, or as the locals call it, MDT. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, how are you? We're doing great, and I'm excited to have you here today and learn a little bit more about you. And you've been dancing since you were about... Six years old. Six years old. At what point did you decide that this was what you wanted to do as your career? The very first day I went. Actually, probably even sooner than that. When I was very little, I asked my mom to start taking dance lessons, like about two years old. No one even knew where I got the idea because I grew up in a very small part of Wisconsin. No one that I knew danced. So my mom thought it was a fad, and I kept asking and asking and asking and dancing around my living room and doing funky things. So when I was about six, she said, okay, I'll put you in dance classes. And we went to my first ballet class, and I said, Mommy, I'm going to be a ballerina. And she said, oh, that's sweet. And then <laughs> 10 years later, that's exactly what I did. So <laughs> That's great. And you've studied ballet, jazz, modern, tap, contemporary, musical theater, and I'm sure many other forms of dance. Why have you chosen modern dance as your performance art? Well, I started out in a ballet company, um, and I really did love it, and I still do love it as I work for the Fort Wayne Ballet and still dance with them. But when I was about two to three years into the ballet company, we had a choreographer from Los Angeles come in to do some jazz and modern work with us. And I just really loved it. And I had grown up taking jazz and modern as well, but I had the tutu and tiara dream, and I was very set (laughs) on it. And I loved it, but I just realized how much I really loved moving in different ways. And I spoke with him, and he thought that his artistic directors might really like me. So if I ever had the urge to just go a different direction, maybe fly on out to Los Angeles and give it a try. So when I was still very young, like 19 years old, that's what I did. I just up and left and went to Los Angeles and auditioned for them and fortunately got into their company. And so that is where my career into jazz and modern really started. And I never really looked back. And one of their artistic directors that I had was in Elvin Ailey's first company. So learned a lot of Horton technique, did a lot of Horton. And I just loved it so very much. Mm -hmm. So then because of family being back in the Midwest, I moved to Chicago and danced with Giordano Dance Center and some little things here and there. Kept continuing to grow my love for it. And then when I moved to Fort Wayne met Elizabeth Mikautadza, who mm-hmm. runs Mikautadza Dance Theater, and um, she's very gram-based, which I had had a little of, but not much, and I always love a new challenge, so <laughs> I decided to audition and made it in, and so I continue to do that and love it more every day, so. And here you are today. Yeah. It is very difficult to be a dancer for a living, and many do not succeed. You've had a few really special opportunities during your career. Can you share a few of them with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, one of the most important parts in my career was meeting Claude Thompson, who was my artistic director and dance for Alvin Ailey. I have a really deep love for the Horton technique. I didn't know much about it at the time, but as it's grown, and I grew in Horton, and seeing the Ailey company perform and meeting more people from there, it's just been such an outstanding experience to have 
learn from those people and taken from those people. Desmond Richardson mm. is one of those people as well. I also got very cool opportunities when I was in Los Angeles dancing with a jazz company to dance in concert with a lot of people. So I actually mm. danced for Michael Jackson in concert. And That's great. Yeah, so did some really cool things. As their concerts came through, a lot of times they just fill in dancers that can't make it to that leg, and they usually went through our company because we had a lot of connections. So got to do a lot of really cool things that way. And then another man who is very dear to my heart was Gus Giordano, who passed away just a few years ago, but just a beautiful man and a beautiful mover. And so, yeah got to meet some very cool people in my career and do some very cool things. So, Being a dancer is more than just a 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., your typical 9 to 5, as people call it. And uh, I don't think people really understand that. You have to take care of your vessel, train, create. And this probably makes for a really interesting work week for you. <laughs> what do your days look like? Every day is a little bit different. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I have rehearsals with MDT in the morning, which is Mikau Tots and Dance Theater. Um, we just shorten it because it's a long name. <laughs> and so I usually get up around 7.30 or 7.45 so I can take care of my dogs and take care of myself. And then once I'm ready, I spend about an hour or so foam rolling, doing some TheraBand work, some ab work, and then doing a bar before I go to rehearsal. And then we rehearse until noon, and I have a couple hours in the afternoon where I come back and try to do the cleaning and things like that mm. that I can't necessarily get done at other times. And then I tend to try to either get my dogs out for a nice long hour walk or to do Pilates or yoga or some sort of cross-training type of a thing. Um, and then I'm back at the ballet to teach or rehearse or both from 4 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. pretty much every night. Tuesdays and Thursdays is especially fun because I get to get up at 6.30 so I can be to the Ooh. ballet by 7.45 to teach in the morning. I have morning classes over there. Um, and then I come home and I have that same break. And again, it's the same thing. Pilates, yoga, walking, some sort of non-dance activity. And then I'm back there again from 4 to 8.30 every night, Tuesday and Thursday wow. as well. I teach on Saturday mornings uh, off-site, um, just another ballet class for a friend of mine for a studio for her kids. And then on Saturdays, it can be rehearsals, shows. Sundays can be rehearsals, shows. And if it's not, I try to take Sundays off and let the body rest for a day. That's so. a good idea. Probably much needed. <laughs> Very definitely. I call this gypsy life. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> I have been all over the world, all over the United States to keep this career going. But it's worth it. It's worth it. What do you think the most rewarding thing about what you do is? Oh, there's so many things uh, because there's so many different facets of what I do. It's the dancing for myself. It's the choreography. It's the teaching. I guess the sati really satisfying thing is teaching because our art is all about legacy and mm -hmm. being able to pass on the legacy. And it's really amazing when you see a kid get something that they've been working really hard on. It's amazing when you see your students graduate and make it into programs and companies and be able to continue passing on all of the things that the people before you gave to you and see them develop it and go even further with it. So that's hugely rewarding. I, I love to perform. I, I love to choreograph and I love to see those things come to life. But there is something about seeing that legacy continue to get passed on that is probably the most important part and most rewarding part to me. Mm. And what about the most difficult thing about this career path? The most difficult thing about the career path, very definitely, is the instability. You never necessarily know from year to year if you're going to have the same job because you usually have to re-audition every year. Mm -hmm. You never know if something better might come along and where that something better might be. So you have to be ready to move 
5,000 miles, <laughs> yeah. you know, just pick up and, and live very minimally so that you are able to go from place to place. You know, sometimes you get nine month contracts, sometimes you get 12 month contracts, sometimes you work hourly. So you have to be able to ebb and flow and roll with the punches during this career. That is by far the most difficult part of it. Oh yeah, I bet. Uh, maybe you should think about buying a tiny house or you can <laughs> I, mobile. It's more like rent. <laughs> rent a tiny yeah. house. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Besides your performing dancing abilities, you are also a choreographer, which we've touched on. Out of the two, do you have a preference? It's kind of what I tell my kids all the time about what kind of dance that I love the most. Whatever I'm doing at the moment, I seem to love the most. Mm. I love choreographing since I've been small, I've been able to see dances in my head to the point where the people that I grew up with let me start to choreograph mm. when I was probably like 15 or 16 years old. And I really, really loved it and really enjoyed it. And I still do. There is something about seeing a dance come together. But even more importantly to me, music is such a huge part of my life that for me, being able to bring a piece of music that I really love to life is such an amazing experience that it's really uh, and it's hard to explain it's something that you've created and I know for like my parents and my friends they're always more interested in seeing me dance and I'm almost always like more interested in them having (laughs) having them see my choreography right um because that's mine completely when I dance it's for other people and I love that and I make it mine and I do the most with it but choreography comes from your heart and your soul and your mind and it's like a little tiny piece of you that's on stage every single time that you do it so I do have a deep love for that but when I'm in the middle of performing it's the only thing I ever want to be doing so it's such a hard they're there's both so great in two different ways because then I get to tell the story when I'm dancing I get to tell the story kind of in the way that I want to tell the story and make it my own and let people into my life that way as well Mm. In your opinion, what is the biggest difference between performance art and other art forms? I think performance art is the easiest way to speak to people directly. When there's visual art or anything, it's so open to interpretation, which is absolutely wonderful. But there's something that's missing with the human connection because you don't have that person right in front Mm -hmm. of you. And kind of like the difference between talking over the phone to talking to somebody in person. You can read their body language. You can read their expressions, their tone of voice or tone of body in this particular case. And I feel like because of the human nature, it, it connects us so much more deeply to have somebody's body through their like body language actually expressing in art. So I, I think that's what makes it a little bit different than other forms of art. Mm-hmm. MDT performs often in Fort Wayne. Whether it be MDT, something that our listeners might have been able to see, or maybe something in the past, is there a particular piece or show that really impacted you? There have been several pieces that I have just really loved doing. Um, One of the very first pieces that we started working on, as a matter of fact, it was the day that I auditioned, um, we started working on the solos from Windows of Sentiment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do the blue solo and the black solo in there. And the blue solo is probably to this date, my favorite thing to dance because it is so emotional and just so easy to connect to. And one of those moments where when you perform it, you can just hear the silence around you. And and I love that because the way that she choreographed it, 
really focuses in on the particular emotion. It's not about a lot of big movements. It's actually very still and slow. And it gives a person to just really look at you and understand your language. It's a very difficult solo, but it's it's really amazing. Envy is another one of my favorite pieces that we do. Uh, we originally choreographed that for a Halloween show, The Seven Deadly Sins at mm, the Fort right. Wayne Dance Collective. Uh, and we've done it several times with different cast members. Uh, and it's just so fun to do. It's about three or four women, depending on the cast, who are basically very jealous of each other. Mm-hmm. And it's very based in Graham, and it's just so much fun, especially when you're with people who are really into it. It's, it's a lot of fun to perform. And then Red Tree we did in our last show, which uh, was a beautiful piece set to a Japanese flute music that uh, a man named Rob Foster wrote for us. And it was just a really beautiful piece of work all the way through. There have been, oh man, there have been so many. I started out in a ballet company. Uh, One of my favorite parts to this day to perform is Arabian from Uh, uh, The Nutcracker. mm -hmm. The very first one that I did was very different. It was um, one that's based around bird-like movements. Mm -hmm. And it was just a really beautiful Arabian I really like uh, kind of the more evil characters, shall we say. <laughs> so I really love dancing like Maleficent, and I did the stepmother and, and Cinderella. Cinderella. Mm-hmm. That's how you do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I really I just connect with those super really acting as well as mm-hmm. dancing parts. There was a piece that I had done with Gus Giordano that was just a really uh, like the epitome of his S curve technique, and that really kind of old style jazz mixed with this amazing jazz technique. So I, I think, yeah, those are really some of my favorite pieces that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. You have a background in drama or musical theater, mm-hmm. and it sounds like that kind of plays a part in your dancing today. Do you think that that's important as a young dancer to start studying musical theater, and what could that benefit that student by studying musical theater? Oh, absolutely. Um, I actually teach musical theater to our performing levels at the ballet for that purpose Number one, you can never have too many tools in your toolbox, as we like to call it. If you can practice the singing and the dancing and the acting and you are that triple threat, your likelihood of employment goes up mm. so much. And in, that, in this world, that's what it's all about, is right. being so versatile that you can do pretty much anything. But I started, yeah, musical theater when I was fairly young. Uh, my whole family is very musical, so we all played instruments and sang. I did a few tours of Phantom, Les Mis, 42nd Street, uh, musicals like that. And I really think, A, you have to learn to get over your nerves. And especially because dancing is very different than going out and singing in front of a bunch of people where you're just standing still and you're looking straight at them most (laughs) of the time. Um, So it's really good for kind of building up that immunity to nerves, shall we say, or getting over your nerves. The fact that in musical theater, there's really not too big of a performance that you can give so it really teaches you how to overdo your things so that people very far away from you and an mm. audience can feel what you're feeling on stage and that's so important in dance too and right. and sometimes in dance we tend to put that glass wall up between ourselves and the audience and when you can break that down people get so much more interested in your dancing and in you uh, that I think that that's a huge thing for musical theater. And beyond that, there's emotions all over the board in dance and there's emotions all over the board in acting. So I think any kind of acting, singing, um, musical instruments, so you learn how to count music Mm -hmm. and read scores. I think anything that you can do to make yourself better Mm -hmm. and more musical and more employable, take every opportunity that you can. Mm, That's good advice. 
Do you have any thoughts or feelings on the dance community in Fort Wayne? Yeah, I think the amount that it has grown since I have been here is just absolutely amazing. Even with the ballet, the size of the company is almost double the size of what it was when I came here. We're doing probably double the amount of performances mm. between the black box and the regular main stage performances. The building of the black box, I think, was just a huge thing oh, here yeah. to have that wonderful theater right downtown um, and have all of the that arts campus going on with the museum and Arch United and our center. I think... MDT started when I first came here and Dance Contemporary since mm -hmm. then. And you see these little things popping up more and more. And every week there seems to be something that's related to dance going on and more performances, even just with bands and things like that. And Sweetwater is such a great place, oh, too, yeah. because it brings in so many musicians that there's really never a weekend that goes by where there's not a ton of bands playing at little diners or places all True. over the place. And I think, yeah, it's, it's great. And it's amazing how much that it's grown. I hope it continues to explode. So. Yeah. <laughs> For the listeners out there who have not had the pleasure of meeting you, what is the one thing you'd like them to know about you? I think the one thing that I would like them to know about me is I love what I do so much. And mm. I consider myself so lucky to be able to do it and I will never be rich doing it and <laughs> <laughs> and there will be I will never have a day where I am not sore or in pain or whatever it is but I think I whether it be you're looking for taking classes or you're looking to come and watch performances or whatever it is you, you want to put your kids in classes I love what I do so much, and it gives me so much joy to pass on my legacy, whether that be through teaching or choreographing or dancing myself. So in any of those facets, if you come to me, you will know that about me, mm -hmm. and, and you will see that easily when I dance and teach and choreograph. Oh, I love that. And how can our listeners uh, see you, take class from you? Do you have any upcoming shows? Um, we just had a show a couple weekends ago with MDT. We will be having a couple of opportunities in the spring. There's possibility of a collaboration in the black box around the January time. I think we're going to be dancing with the Philharmonic again oh, this spring um, with their children's series or children's program. Mm -hmm. And then we have our big full-length show in May at William Cedar at IPFW. I believe it's the, around the 20th of May, 21st of May okay. that weekend. I'm terrible with dates. So, <laughs> sorry. Um, and then for the ballet, we have the Nutcracker coming up, <laughs> as we always do. So we are deep in the middle of rehearsals for that right now. Um, and that will run the first two weekends of December. And then our spring show is always at the end of March. And we're doing La Female Garde for okay. that this year. So, yeah, there's plenty of performance opportunities coming up when you, whenever anybody wants to come out. <laughs> That's great, and we can uh, look into that and post that along with this podcast. And thanks so much for coming today, Tracy. I really appreciate it. I mean, I'm a dancer, and I always love hearing the stories of other dancers, and um, you're beautiful. I've taken class with Tracy and from Tracy, and it's always a pleasure. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I think this is absolutely great. Anything that can keep pushing arts forward in the community is such a great thing, and I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing this. So thank you for inviting me. It was an honor. Oh, thanks. And I'd like to finish today's podcast by reading you a quote by Agnes DeMille. To dance is to be yourself, larger, more beautiful, more powerful. 
This is Power on Earth, and it is yours for the taking. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Oh,